0: This week, we're talking about getting your numbers right and what that means for your business. It's important to make sure that you are driving the numbers in the business and the numbers are not driving you. We've also got a link in the show notes to our margin calculator sheet. If you haven't got a copy, I encourage you to do so. So without further ado, let's get started.
1: Hello, Ian. How are you? Good afternoon, Mark. I'm good. How Are you? Good. I'm all right. Yeah, yeah. Another
0: podcast, another week, another exciting episode yeah. of the Hamsters Brothers podcast. Have you, I don't know if you heard my intros. I have to sound slightly cheesy. I have heard them. I do the, listen to them. Yeah. Can,
1: okay. I put the podcast. I put the Hamsters Brothers podcast yeah. on in the car with my kids, and you should see the look. Oh, of they must trust. love it. It's like they, the world has ended and they're trying to jump out of the car whilst it's moving. No, Dad. I was like, listen, that's your father and your yeah. uncle. You should be proud. You should be proud yeah. of what the Hammersley Brothers They just achieved. obviously don't know how how yeah. famous we Honestly, are. Honestly, the entitled yeah. nature of children today.
0: Oh, were dear.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they should be worshiping. Yeah, back in my day, for this dedication and hard. I work know. That we've put in sacrifice that we've had to make to become the Hammersley brothers.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And with that in mind, this week's podcast topic is going to be knowing your numbers, yeah. getting your numbers right. Because I, I mean, to be honest, we pick the top, topics out of the air, but we we pick the topics based on the conversations we've been having with people, um, mostly to make our life's easier because it's fresh in our mind. But obviously if it's fresh to us, it's going to be fresh to everybody else as well. So it's good. So we want people by the end of this podcast to kind of feel like, like we hear this a lot. A lot of people come to us and say, look, I just want to know my numbers. I want to know my numbers. I don't want to know what I'm doing. I don't want to, you know, and I think if, if one thing we do well, it's taking complex things and breaking them down to simple concepts that just give you the yardsticks to move forward. And, you know, we're working with some quite. You know, I, was, I was just having on a call with, um, you know, Ollie from uh, Sweet Analytics, and you know, he he grew the white company, mm. didn't he? And did it, all the stuff. And there's loads of great stuff in in Sweet Analytics. But I, but my job is to go in there and simplify it down so that it can be kind of like usable and you know, that you can actually have something that we can very easily say, look, this is important. This is what you need to look mm. at. This is what because obviously we're busy. And you know it's very interesting to have data and to see some stuff, but at the same time, there's data that's interesting, and the, but there's data yeah. that you can do something about. So even even if even if it's like well that's really interesting and that trend is really interesting, but there's absolutely yeah. nothing I can do about that trend, and so therefore, yeah, well you know what do I do? It's just like kind of put it in the file and say well that's interesting. So it has to be actionable. I mean, I think everybody says, oh, data has to be actionable. What does does that mean? Well,
1: interestingly, when when we say know the numbers, actually what what we're talking about now is actually the recruitment number. So what is is our, and the one we're talking about is the ROAS. You know, what is our actual cost to recruit a customer? Because there's a couple of reasons why this is absolutely vital. And it happened today. Um, which is why it's fresh in my mind, and it happens yeah. all the time, that, um, you know, you, w- w- lots of people talk about ROAS, and um, we know ROAS is really important. Return on ad spend is probably like one of the biggest key metrics that we're looking at. But the, the, other, the other part of it is, yes, you can look at your ROAS, and you can look at your ROAS by channel, and you can look at your ROAS overall, you know, your blended ROAS and the drop-by-drop report, which we talk about all the time. But the, the, the interesting part of it is quite often e-com businesses and it happened today, they struggle to know what their ROAS should be. You know, what is the the lowest ROAS we can operate on? You know, and how do you come up with that number? How do you mm. figure out that some businesses should have a three times ROAS, some businesses should have a seven times ROAS? You know, what is it? Where does mm. it come from? And that and that's That's a question that we get asked a lot and a lot of our time is spent challenging. I mean, today, you know, this was a, this was a a business that was a wholesale business doing probably 50 million in the UK and going B2C and they're in the, um, they're in the motorhome caravan world. Um, So big, you know, big business, big market. And, you know, they're trying to, create um, you know their own B2C offering so you know going direct to the customer and they've come up they came up today with a mm-hmm. with a with a with a growth target They said this you know we need to do you know a million online in the first year and that's where we're going to break even and the ROAS we got to, we need is seven. And I and I started questioning mm-hmm. I said well I said well what's Google giving you so far? Well Google's giving us about four. I said, okay. So why? So why do you want seven? Mm. Oh, because we want, you know, we, we that you know that's what we want. Well, based on what? Well, because that's that you know mm. we need we need a million to break even. So, well, how have you figured that out? How, you know, what are your fixed costs and what are your variable costs? We started talking about this, and the truth of it was they hadn't actually worked out what their contribution of fixed costs could be. So the the the, the bit that is interesting. I don't know if you want to tee up the margin sheet, but the, the, the bit that's interesting is, is we all understand margin, typically, you know what the variable costs. You know, mm. We understand the variable costs. We understand how much the delivery costs. We understand you know, the product margin. And, but what, one thing that businesses, and this is what happened today, is that they find quite difficult is to know what do we do with the fixed costs. So how do we mm. add a contribution to each order? Um, you know, for for the overall fixed costs like the rent and the rates and the and the staff and 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 the easiest way mm. to do it. So, so it's like when we're working at the ROAS, we're basically saying, well, we need to, we need to allow some contribution to pay for the fixed costs. But and and the fundamental thing that, that I always said, and this is what I said today. I said, well, you know, take what, what's the what's the capacity with the fixed costs at the moment? What's the capacity? And they said, Oh, probably about three million. Mm. Okay, so let I me mean, making numbers simple. Yeah. So we could probably do about three million a year online without increasing the fixed costs. I said, Okay, so right, so the simplest way to look at it is to say, well, what's our biggest capacity? It's three million. And then how many orders is that? And let's say it you know, you know, whatever it might be, ten thousand orders and making it up. You divide the total fixed costs divided by the number of orders at your peak capacity, you know what I mean, so you know, and then mm. that then gives you the rest because if if you if you do it the other way around, you're never going to get the efficiency because you know if you double if you quadruple in this case, if you triple the orders, the variable costs of course are going to go up, but the fixed cost are going to stay the same, so your proportion of cost per order is massively decrease so you're more efficient and that's where you've got to take your ROAS from that makes sense
0: yeah so basically it's trying to work out how much of your yeah. fixed cost you put into your margin calculator sheet to work out whether or not you know it, it isn't you know if you think of it from an extreme point of view you know let's say you've got your first order and you think well how much have I got my first order and you're only going to sell one order you wouldn't put all your fixed costs into that order and trying to work out what you needed to sell it for because you'd be ridiculous yeah. wouldn't it It'd be like well I've got to pay for my house and Pay for the warehouse and all this kind of stuff so you, you obviously are making some kind of compromise with that figure and i think you've got to realize i mean it was when you were talking about you know the, they're coming out with the seven row ass and the, the million and the stuff and it's like it's like one of those things where you have a nice plan up until you get punched in the face like not mike tyson <laughs> says everybody has a plan until they get punched mm. in the face and the punch in the face is that is that in that market in the caravan market everybody is signed to the customer and they're all in the auctions and they're, they're all accepting yeah roundabout well, four recruitment you know, google
1: has, has google has said that you know we're going to be able to give you an average of between four and five ROAS. you know that's what we reckon we can give you, you know, yeah and you know so you 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 can't you can't dictate to google you know, ah, oh, no, 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 no. I want a seven. Mm. I want to grow and scale, and I'll only give you, I'll only give you seven times if the market is set at four. And you know, and so you know, you have yeah. to then architect the business and say, well, how can we operate at a ROAS that Google, you know, is give it wants to give us. So Google wants to give us a four times ROAS. How can we how can we architect that? And that comes down to lifetime customer value, margin, conversion rate, of course, and average order value. Yeah, and you can't do it the other way around so you know so you know that was the first thing that was that was i challenged them today and i said hey look you know you want to grow you, you we've got a we've got to treble the traffic nearly and your ROAS that you're getting now is four yet you're telling me that you want a seven times ROAS and you want to treble the traffic well how's that going to happen it isn't mm-hmm. it isn't going to happen the, no, you get you going to get pushed to the face. Right. <laughs> so you know it's just breaking it down, and then obviously the penny drops, and then they understand. Ah, okay, right. So you know the, the and the other question that came out today in the meeting, which was quite a good question, and and one of the, one of the you know the, the directors said, well, well, you know what dictates the ROAS, and you know what are, what can we do to influence the ROAS, and is there anything that we're doing in the you know in the market that is going to you know, mean that we could get a higher ROAS. And and the, the truth of it is the market often dictates what ROAS you operate. So if you're all selling, in this case, caravan spare parts, you know, motorhome spare parts, you know, the market will dictate what ROAS you tend to operate in. And it, it tends to be, fundamentally, it tends mm. to be around margin, you know. So, you know, it starts off with, with sort of a reasonable you know, level playing field. Now but in order to dominate that and grow, really you have to if everybody is running at a five times ROAS, you know, you've got to figure out well how could I run at a a four times ROAS and, and still be profitable? How can I get a better ROAS than everybody else, which allows me to do it? And the analogy in the story we were just talking about before was this was when there's two guys in the tree and there's a lion at the bottom of the tree. And the guy says, the other guy says, Oh my God, we're, we're never going to be able to outrun that lion. And the chap turns to the other guy and he says, I don't need to outrun the lion. I only need to outrun you. And that's the same with e-commerce. So if everyone else. And those are the kind of
0: people you want to yes, go on safari so trips with.
1: You do. You know, so. <laughs> he, how, how, you? how fast can you run? Yeah. So, I'll get it with you. You know, and that's yeah. that's the same thing. So when you're going into the market, this you know this this aftermarket caravan um, spare parts retailer, we're saying, well, you know, you you know, you've just got to you've got to be able to architect. If everyone else is is mumbling along at a five times, how can you do a four? And that's when you come into you know lifetime customer value, you know, or a, a fantastic way of using mm. email to flush out the almost buyers
0: what's what's yeah. what's your edge yeah what's your edge you know it's got to come down so like every market will have a band of where the roas sits and so let I me mean, when we were selling aftershave and perfume one one christmas like in that market the roas is set at seven because everybody's got the mm. very similar margin a lot of people are drop shipping it and it's all kind of set by a couple of big importers who've got the big main licenses so the margin set is kind of set at seven so the people who make the money are the ones with a slightly higher conversion rate, maybe a better upsell structure, maybe something you know that, that, that actually gets them to order the you know the, the matching the, the sets, the toilet three water for two, with the, the matching yeah. deodorant look yeah. at three for two, the bundles. You've got that thin edge. Whereas if you're going up against someone who's just selling the the aftershave on its own, no upsell, no email capture to get the first sale, you know, like it. It's that edge and you, you've got to know what that edge is to go into that market and say, well, everybody's going to get a seven ROAS. I, with my website, most of the time, if I if I bid the same bid as them, I'd probably get about 7.5, maybe about 7.7 ROAS. Yeah, So that's my my ever. So I can actually pay about 10, 15, 20% higher bid than them, maintain a seven ROAS, which is what they're getting, making the same profit as them. But I can, I can actually go and bid higher than them because I've got this thin edge. And therefore, pretty much with that thin edge in that market, you could completely clean up the market because it only takes that thin advantage to be the one that can actually bid the highest mm. to get all the traffic. And that's the, that's the key to understand is that it's not like you don't have to have double the conversion rate of a competitor to get double the market share. You have to have like about five, ten percent advantage, oh,
1: yeah.
0: and maintain because, that thin advantage
1: to go and get the whole market. Google, um, you know, take Google Shopping just as a simple one. Google Shopping, you know, it wants to push the winners. You know, it wants you to do well, yeah, um, because it wants to put an ad in the in the prominent position that people are going to click through because it thinks, well, if we put an ad, if we put an ad, you know, in a prominent prominent position in Google Shopping that isn't clicked on. You know, people aren't going to use Google anymore. So naturally it wants to push the winners. So if you, mm-hmm. if, you know, if everyone else is is running at a seven, you can, you can go and push it more aggressively. You can go lower to a six. It and, and it's often you can look at, you can look at, um, I mean, quite often this happens. You know, you're looking at it, you know, working with an econ brand and you'll look at, you look at it and you'll, have, you'll often say, how can how are these competitors dominating Google Shopping? Like, like they're always there. You know, we, we can't, we can't mm. get anywhere near them. We don't understand it. We know what they're buying. They're buying the same as us. You know, we know that they're buying from this supplier. We know that, it, that this is their cost. How the hell are they in Google Shopping and, and dominating? And it could well be that that competitor has understood lifetime customer value to the new, They've understood data capture e- email better than you. They've understood the average order value better than you. They've understood trust and credibility. You know, they, they've, they've, you know, they've just got that edge, and that's allowing them to just outrun you. You know, but obviously the first point mm. is yeah, well. Also, no, well, I was going to say the first point is knowing the realm. I was just going to, to say, good. and that's and that's the that's the, the first thing. Yeah, to make sure you understand.
0: Well, Google Google's different than like the Yahoo and Bing and, and and I think that maybe they've come around a little bit, but they Google was always like it didn't just put whoever was paying the most at the top. So it wasn't about it wasn't just about bid. It was all about click through rate. So Google really doesn't care that much about whether I mean it, does and it doesn't it doesn't. It it obviously is trying to trying to hit a recruitment ROAS sorry, a, a target ROAS and stuff like that. But it's fundamentally Google is interested in having a search and 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 getting rid of that person as quickly as possible basically if someone does a search and they come back and then they do another search and they click on something else that's not a win for google google wants it to to basically to be able to find the, the item the product that that person wants first time so it's kind of different than other websites other websites are kind of driven by engagement and keeping people on the site as long as possible google's um actual you know, reason for being is to actually get you off. You know, get you there. He wants and get to you give off you a, as, as a good soon as result, a
1: relevant so, result, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah, job to be done, isn't it? It's to find something and get it done. And so, the it's not just about the bid; it's also about click through rate and, and 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 doing imagery, the right kind of imagery. And you know, for years, people have been buying places from stuff from wholesale places and photographing better than everybody else, and they've just got the higher click through rate, and that's what they've they've yeah. that's been their edge. And whilst I don't think that's enough now, I think that the market's changing and people are going direct to, you know, the the, the, the source of of of, of the um, of the of the product. But you know, you've had these thin edges, and I think the thin edge, it won't always be the same because people will catch up, and you do always need to kind of be slightly further ahead.
1: But if you understand your numbers better than everybody else, yeah. you'll see the trends. I think, and, and I think you'll see those you, closing, and you you'll know, go. It, the What's correlation to, for, you know, ROAS and, and understanding that you're going to grow by stealing market share. So today, you know, we said, well, you know, we think actually once we've once we've taken the the capacity. So we said, OK, we can do three million based on the current fixed costs. It took the ROAS down to about four. You know, so when we did the margin calculus, so we're going to do about four. Mm. And, you know, this particular business didn't have a massive amount of lifetime customer value. It was really just you know, on the first sale, you know, so if we take the ROAS to about four,
0: mm.
1: they'll probably get us to about, you know, maybe about a million, you know, that's probably where it's going to get us to. And then at mm. that point, they're going to hit a ceiling again. And that's then saying, well, okay, in order to break through to the next level, we've got to be able to go to a lower ROAS. We've got to be able to take it to 3.5 or three. Mm. How could we do that? Well, what have we got to play with? Well. We've got average order value, we've got lifetime customer value, and we've got margin. And so if you say, well, do you know, if we took the mm. margin from 50% to 65%, you know, that would allow us to go to a 3.5 ROAS. You know? And if we got the lifetime customer value from 1.2 to 1.6, that would allow us to take the ROAS down to 2.8. All of a sudden, you can open the door again, you can let a lot more customers through. And again, you you have that edge that you could you know the competitors just won't they won't have even thought about this. Often, too often, people are still running their recruitment campaigns on a fixed budget, you know, and they're reviewing it at the end of the month. You know, they're saying, "Right, mm. we're going to put fifteen thousand dollars in, or you know, whatever, you know." And
0: I actually hear quite a lot of kickback from, from people and saying that their agencies are reluctant to spend yeah. more, a lot of the time. Which doesn't it doesn't make sense at first glance because agencies are often paid on the spend that they manage, and yet I think it's because you know it, the agency who's doing the agency is an employee in the agency. The employee wants an easy life; they don't want to kind of push spend in the case it doesn't work, and then have to report that it didn't work. And I think that that there's always that system in place. I think, and I think so they
1: want to turn around. It, it's and go, understanding. You, know, you spent this and you got this back, but if your row is too high, you know it's like having a sliding door, you know, like a patio door on your shop, and you know you are your mm. you've got customers outside. You want to be able to open the door as fully fully as you can and let lots of customers through. And if your row is too too high. It's effectively closing the sliding door, so it's only open a little gap and letting only one or two customers at a time, and shutting it again. And you've got customers outside waving, mm. you know, fifty-pound notes, fifty-dollar notes, you know, and it just—it doesn't make sense to shut the door in them when they're there. They're outside.
0: You've got to be careful. You don't. You could very easily be a busy fool as well. So you have to be careful on the on the flip side of it. So you know the caveat to it is. You know, when we first started selling perfumes and stuff, we we, we went out and we had a Rows of five. We thought, oh brilliant, Rows Five, that seems pretty good, because you know that's, that seemed high. But given the margins, yeah. we actually needed a seven, you know. So we were like we were making so many sales, but we're a busy fool. Well, at that's the end of the month, we're like, well, hang on a minute, we've lost lost three grand. How did that happen? Yeah. And it's like, well, you didn't get your sums right. So, you know, it, it it's all very well like taking the fixed costs and doing it by capacity, but if you're never gonna hit that capacity, yeah. realistically. In a in a period of time, then obviously you're going to have to increase that number because you know like you might have a your warehouse might be too big. Yeah. You might have too many staff. You might have you know like where is it where is it going to be? So the analogy that came across you were talking about them saying oh yeah we need to do a million we need to do get seven rows and it's like it's like you're going on a, 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 a like an off road driving weekend and you've got to get from one side of the valley to the other and it's really off road. Uh, the territory. And the off-road t- uh, terrain, that's the market. And you turn up in your Ferrari, and you go, I'm going to drive across there in my Ferrari. And it's like, well, that's what I'm going to do. And it's like, well, you're just not going to, the market's just not going to accept that. It's just going to swallow you up. You're not going to get very far. And you need to kind of look at the market, look at the terrain, and kind of say, well, what vehicle do I need to, to, to use to get across there? And if I'm trying to get it there with a 7-row with a ass, I better have a bloody good um, reason why I think I can go into the market and get seven ROAS wherever else is getting four, and you know what is that? You might be a disruptor. Maybe they're a caravan company that comes out with a product that you know it, they buy it, but then they've got a subscription at the end of it. So therefore, they're going to get a really big bro. But, but most of the time, you know, they're not going to be a disruptor. They're just going to be like normal, normal yeah. people, aren't they? It's going to be a normal well, company coming you know, into the market, with the same you know, product, The, the, lower, the lower
1: the ROAS, the easier it is, you know, to recruit customers. You know, so. If you can, if you yeah. can architect the business to go in and operate at a lower ROAS than the rest of the market, you know you, you you are going to win. And it does depend on how aggressively you want to grow. And in most cases, and it was the case today that the market is there. You know the the market's there. You know there's customers yeah. buying, there's lots of people selling the products, and they could quite easily do the million or three million. Um, but in order to do that, they would have to then to low, to lower the ROAS. And it is as simple. I think the best analogy is is the sliding yeah. door on your shop, you know, and how op- how far you can open that door dictates, mm. you know, because the, the traffic's there. Um, well, the only way you can
0: you can cope with a low ROAS is if you've got higher mark. You get your margin higher, and you got you get your lifetime customer value higher. So you can kind of go, well, can I can I increase those? And if you mm. can't, then obviously you're going to have to hit. A ROAS that's sensible for the business and the ROAS you're going to hit then is going to be affected by the efficiency of your website and your, your, your marketing funnel, of turning that, that traffic into a customer. And that's where you've got the advantage. And that's why we bang on about the, the, um, yeah, yeah. Product page checklist and stuff yeah. like that. You know, this morning we did a, we did a workshop on, um, Add to basket, and I got up at half past six we this to, morning and and did that add to basket well, workshop. And interestingly, sorry, I was asking, interestingly the the change on the Hammersley brothers is like you know if you were looking listening to us like maybe three years ago, we would be banging on about the product the product checklist, and I think that that's still relevant. Um, and you do need to have that there, but in order to get your add to basket rate up. So you can get your ROAS, up, you can, so you can achieve a ROAS that you need to hit. There is a lot of other factors now that we've, we've, we've got, particularly from running the demo store, which is, you know, because we, it's been a while since we've started a small e-commerce site. You know, we've been doing very large e-commerce sites and then suddenly, you know, we're doing this one that's done, I think we've done about a million dollars so far since March, which is, um, well, it's small for us, um, but at the same time, it's made us realize you know, well that's super important. And that is super important. And that has a really big impact well, yeah, I, I, on the basket. I
1: think that's definitely you know, so when we're talking about the ROAS, you know, you know, we're saying, Well, how can you operate on a lower ROAS? You know, you you've got to you've got to really you've gotta be able to get your e commerce store to be as efficient as it can be. And what I'm saying is to get every last drop of return out of the traffic you're getting. You know, so and that's where the product page checklist comes in mm. and and what and obviously we're talking about you know your in stock declaration your returns policy's got to be very you know visible it's got to be you's got to be good you know the elevator pitch all those things and, and but it's also understanding you know the job to be done you know and why people buy from you is it a problem solving rational purchase is it is it an emotional spontaneous one is it about desirability and that's what we talked about today but the truth of it was the conversion rate of this business today was about it's about 3.5 percent, you know, which is probably about right. Mm. You know? Are we going to double conversion rate? Mm. No, we're not. Are we going to double the average order value? Mm. No, We're not, because it will completely change the price proposition. Are we going to double lifetime customer value? No, we're not. We might get a bit from all three and a bit from margin as well. Um, yeah. You know, but the comp, you know, the, the the combination of of improving the conversion rate, getting the lifetime customer value up, improving the margin where we can, controlling the market a bit with distribution, who we're supplying, and getting a little bit out of average order value through bundling, is is actually probably going to be more than enough to outbid the competitors and be able to operate on a lower rise than everybody else, and just winner takes all. You know,
0: well, if you think about those four things that affect the business—the add to basket rate, the basket to order rate, the average order value, and the lifetime customer value—increase each of those by ten percent, you increase the sales by forty percent. Yeah, and that's it's almost doubling, yeah. isn't it? By just doing ten percent on each one of those, and that seems achievable when you actually think about it. It's usually achievable to increase the add to basket by ten percent. It's usually achievable to do yeah. the average order value and the other things. It's it's not unheard of. So you and that's really. How you double your revenue is by effectively increasing the turnover. Actually, it's only increasing by fifty percent, which wouldn't double it. Would it? So it actually would give you another fifty percent. So if, you've got well, a if you got hundred thousand sales, you get you another fifty thousand.
1: Value to the mix, you know, you can because it, you know you, you can mm. often have.
0: Well, you double it by quality. adding more traffic, then wouldn't you? I mean, that yeah. then you would have those figures. You're basically your ROAS, your return on advertising spend yeah. is. 40% higher
1: So you can pull the traffic else. lever harder.
0: Then it's your thin, your thin uh, edge. And, then
1: you, and then you increase. Yeah. Your so it's essentially, when we say no, the numbers we are really saying, look, you know, what is your ROAS? You know, what's the, what mark, what, what ROAS is the market setting? You know, what's the market running at? What are you mm. running at? What's your, your, your lowest ROAS that you can go for? How can you operate efficiently and architect your econ business to be able to run it at a lower rate than everybody else. And you know.
0: Yeah. And don't try and move the thousand mm. pound griller in the you know, in one corner you've got the thousand pound gorilla that's Google, and you've got the other one is the thousand pound griller that's Facebook or, you know, or TikTok. Like they are sitting in the corner of the room and you can't say, actually Google, I'd really like you to kind of sit in the other side of the room and I put this hat on because that's what I want. It's like they yeah. are they are the thousand-pound grillers that you have to work with, and that's what the market is. And and if you do your numbers and, you know, if you're sitting there with a very I – mean, interestingly, some of the businesses have very, very low margins. Like if you look at the, the power tool market, they yeah. only have around about 10% margin. But then when you go to Google, most of them get a ROAS of around yeah. 20 because everybody else is in the same position. So everybody going for the market at the, the auctions, they, they're having to be bid. And it was like, well, I'm not paying that for yeah. traffic. I it does,
1: uh, no. so it does and, adjust and that's right. and in that scenario, to your market. You know, yeah, the power tools market—they're running at a twenty. I mean, we've had other econ brands that were, that were running at a twenty. You know, tire, selling tires selling tires—the margins like six percent. You know, so it's just—it's just, it's just six, the rise yeah. is just has to be massive because it just doesn't make sense to do it any other way. But so the market really dictates that, and obviously you don't need to. Um, to, to To be able to operate your ROAS at four, if the market is 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 running at twenty, you just have to go slightly lower than everyone else and outrun mm. outrun the man, so he gets eaten by the lion. And
0: you keep going. Yeah. Well, the, the you know, like thinking of the tool business, if your website is set up to sell an after-sales um, warranty protection, um, and ten percent of people go for that, and then that adds up. You're going to get a 10% that the other customer, other competitors are not going to get. And you're just going to do better than them because you've got a mechanism to sell the after the surface and it doesn't cost you anything. Most people don't use it. You know, the cost is 10% of the stuff you sell. And your website just does a much better way at actually convincing people that they want to go for the the extended warranty. Um, And that's that's your edge.
1: I mean, basically. You know, that's all you need. It starts with, you know, you set the target sheet. You know, which gives you the basic figures of, right, if I want to do a million or five million, you know, I'm going to need this conversion rate, which is based on add to basket, basket to order, this average order value, and this amount of traffic. And then often the gap is Mm. the traffic, you know, is, okay, we need to, we need to treble the revenue. How Mm. can we treble the revenue? And Fundamentally, you're going to have to increase the amount of customers that are coming into your, your store. You're going to be, you gonna be need more traffic and often it's mm. pay to play. So how much is it gonna cost? And you know, it then comes down to ROAS, and then you're saying, Well God, Google's giving us a five. You know, we really need to be able to operate at, at a lower ROAS, and then all you know, the market set at five. So it, it basically it's know your numbers it, should, it it is it is critical. And if you don't know what your your ROAS, your minimum ROAS needs to be to break even you know, you, you, you're blind
0: on the first end, on yeah. the first, on the first sale. I mean, basically I was talking to Oliver this one. Like what I like to see is if you've got a lifetime customer where there is, where there is money in the tank, like you don't really want to lose money on the first. I mean, I know that the white company did, yeah. but most of the time I don't like that. I don't like to lose money yeah, on the first great. sale and then get it all on the second sale. I like to kind of have, I like to scratch back on the first sale, I mean, of course, there's a lot of businesses out there, like the, the people, they sell kayaks and like, they, the ones they sell mm. the kayak, they pretty much don't. They, they, they can't lose money on the first sale. They can't even not make any yeah. profit on the first sale. They don't have a business.
1: Yeah, it's all about So that, it does, it does depend on what you're doing. Selling content like you know, you'd be happy to to make a loss on the first purchase because you know they're going to buy every month, you know, subscription businesses. So mm. it's the relationship between lifetime customer value mm. and margin. Um, is, is 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 really dictating what ROAS the market is at. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So
0: hopefully everyone listening to this has been filling in their margin calculator sheet. If you haven't, please grab a copy of it in the show notes. And there's also a video on how to um, get that filled out. Um, but that's the start of it. Have a go. And then um, we'll tell you how to improve your... Your edge over the market as you as we uh, cool. Thanks, we Mark. Go through this thanks, year.
1: everybody. Take care.
0: You know awesome. Something. Thank you very much, Ian. I'll speak to you soon.